I'm Mel, and this is Lydia. Uh, we're the one group. Um, we um, are here to present, uh, do a little talk uh, about um, parenting, uh, children, and, and God. And what we wanted to do was basically share some of, share some of our experiences with you guys. Um, and by doing so, we hope that we can, we can bless, uh, we can bless you guys. Um, we can impart some of, um, some of the wisdom that we've learned over the years as parents. Um, and yeah, we hopefully we'll have a, a, a nice time where we can share with you guys and, um, and, and, and enrich your lives. Um, just by way of introduction, um, we've been married for 10 years now and we have three uh, lovely, lively and energetic young boys, uh, Caleb, Gabriel and Noah. Um, we've been members of KT um, since before we were married um, and our kids uh, have grown up in the church. Um, they've, they've, they've been uh, members of the kids ministry from birth uh, through the, the creche. Um, and, and also through the, uh, all, all the kids' ministry uh, activities, uh, they've practically grown up in the church. Um, and um, both our kids and us as parents, we're very active in the vision. Um, we are both uh, cell members, and we also uh, have uh, we're also cell leaders. Uh, I'm in Dr. Solomon's uh, primary cell, um, and Lydia is in, is in Vi's oh, primary cell too. Um, we both uh, believe passionately in the in the vision that God has for Katie. Um, and, you know, by extension, uh, we're, we're, we're passionate about discipleship. Um, we're, we're passionate about seeing uh, God moving people's lives and God uh, 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 changing people uh, and, and, and growing them to, to be who, who they're, they're, they are, they're called to be. Um, so as we, um, as we share a little bit about uh, parenting, um, one of the things that uh, we wanted to uh, put up front is that um, parenting is not a game of perfect, right? Um, we have found that it's, it's, it's more about learning. Uh, it's about growing, um, trying things out, um, doing more of the things that you have found work and less of the things that don't work. Um, we, um, well, I, I like to think of it um, as a growth mindset versus a, a fixed mindset. Um, I know that when I... Uh, before I, I got into marriage and also parenting, I had some preconceived ideas of how I thought um, things needed to work. And I, and I realized very quickly um, that I needed to adapt and change. And so um, adopting more of a growth mindset attitude, both of that as a husband and also a parent. Uh, did you want to add anything to that? No. <laughs> okay. That's very true. Yes, I, I, I agree. Okay. <laughs> um, so what we um, thought we would do, but, uh, the, how we wanted to structure the talk um, is to lay out some of the foundational principles that we have found very important and, and we live by. Um, and then we will go forward and um, just talk about some of the topics and challenges um, that we have, that we find important as parents um, and that uh, we think um, a lot of parents um, share the same challenges, right? So. Uh, there'll be three or four topics uh, to, uh, to, uh, that we will we'll, we'll dive into. Yeah, hopefully, um, if, you, if you're not a parent now, uh, you'll still find it useful. Uh, these are the things I wish I knew before I was a parent, so it's not, um, it's not wasted if you, if you are taking it in. And if you're not, even if you're not planning to be one, you would be able to minister to talk to other parents when you are talking to them. It would be very handy. It's wisdom. Amen. 
Um, so the, the, the first thing, really, you know, we're Christians, um, in a, as I said, and the, the most important thing for us was that God was first and center in everything we did as a family. Um, and, and I wanted to share the scripture, which I think we're all familiar with um, from Joshua tw- uh, 24, verse 15, um, which is essentially is almost like our family motto. Right. And um, I'll, I'll read the highlighted bit, which is uh, where Joshua says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Um, and I think Lydia, you know, we we, we made a, a, um, a, 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 an important distinction quite early on about how we wanted to raise our kids and how we wanted to be as parents. And it was really about putting God first and center and actually making that declaration that we were going to serve the Lord in, in everything we did, right? Yeah. I think in the marriage counseling, I remember one of the illustrations he gave us was that uh, it's like a triangle that God is uh, at the top and there's you and, and my husband. And he said, you know, the, the closer you are to God, the closer you will be to your husband by default. And I, ha- I always have that image in me. And, um, you know, whenever I draw nearer to God, I know I'm drawing nearer to my husband as well. So it's, it's always, you know, God always remains um, priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. Yeah, I think the, the next thing maybe we want to call out is around uh, leading by example. Um, and I think we learned that very quickly, that the children copy everything we do. <laughs> <laughs> very little uh, of what we say, uh, but a lot of what we do, and um, they imitate. You know, kids are great imitators of their parents uh, from the way they carry themselves, the way they talk, the words they use, food they like to eat. It just goes on and on and on. And we knew that we had to demonstrate few principles that we hold are important, particularly in our faith, because um, they are very, very important to us that it's instilled in them. Uh, we we agreed that we lead them by example. So we do them uh, as well as teaching them to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, uh, very simply, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Um, and so, you know, as Lydia said, we um, we, we, we have seen how um, our, the kids will imitate. Um, actually, the, the kids will, um, will, will, will will imitate the bad things we do. Really, let's face well, it, as well as the good things. So, um, we we have to be very conscious that um, we are always uh, showing them the best foot forward um, as parents um, and, and also as, as 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 a couple as well as as, as um, husband and wife. Uh, we, we want to create an, an uh, we want to create an environment that that's positive, so and the kids can look at that and be inspired by the positivity. We do call it training as well. It's, it's, it's a training ground, the family. The children are under training. Uh, they're training how to pray. They're training how to conduct themselves. They're training how to plan and prepare and keep themselves healthy. Listening, obedience, all of that is demonstrated. How we are towards our parents, they, they do always say, you know, but you didn't do that when your dad, you know, they, they see this and whatever we're teaching them, it's like we're training them to be this people that we're discipling them technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and another principle um, that we we think is quite important is to be teachable, 
right? Um, and again, following from the lead by example principle, it's, it really comes from the parents as well. So, um, you know, I said it earlier that I, you know, personally for me, when I came into marriage and also um, parenting, I had some preconceived ideas and um, I realized very early on that I needed to be uh, malleable in the way um, that I, I, I allowed myself to be taught. Um, I know that I, I always have conversations with my, with my, my cell leader, Solomon, um, and we talk about being, um, allowing yourself to be discipled. Because really, when it, um, to be, uh, allowing yourself to be teachable, um, you know, spiritually, that's, that is discipleship. And if you, if you, if you, if you hold up boundaries, um, to a certain extent, you are limiting how much you're going to be, you, you allow yourself to be teachable. Um, so I know Solomon and I always have discussions about um, allowing yourself to be discipled. Um, I think discipled, to be discipled, people, you know, is a word that can be taken for granted because we think, it, we, we look at it from a general term, but actually there's a, there's a responsibility that comes with, with, with being discipled and you have to allow yourself to be discipled and not only uh, to be discipled in the areas you, um, you, you, you want to be or you feel like you, you have need for. Um, so really to be teachable means to be always be willing to, to learn and, and be corrected. Um, the uh, Proverbs uh, 11 uh, verse 14 says that where there is no counsel, uh, the, the people fall. Uh, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety and, and wisdom. And, you know, we, um, we are very grateful and blessed by the, uh, the ministry of KT, right? Because we have, we have access to that multitude of counselors. So we have our cell, we have our cell leaders, we have primary leaders, we have, you know, uh, Amanda and, and Colin by ex extension, but we have, we have access to lots of people who are able to encourage us, who are able to correct us and, and, and to also to inspire us. And, um, and, and so we bring that into, into parenting because like I said um, earlier, uh, parenting it's, it's, it's not a game of perfect. No one is, there's, there are hardly any perfect situations when it comes to parenting, but you can learn and be better in different situations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, next topic. Yeah, the, other, the, the next thing we wanted to mention was be unified, uh, the oneness, being one, being unified. And um, I think as we were preparing, uh, <laughs> I, I wrote a little statement to say um, a creature with two heads is a monster and nobody wants to live with a monster. And it, some, some, sometimes it feels that way when you, when you don't, when you're not unified, like you have it's like being around a two-headed creature because you've got two two voices at you all the time, um, and and the scripture makes it very clear that we should be unified. Um, and Matthew twelve twenty-five it says, "A house that's divided will not stand." Um, that is to us that is very true, and and also you know scripture does make it clear that we should leave uh, our families and be. One and it actually calls it in Matthew 19:5. It says, "The two shall become one flesh." It's, it's physically one. So when the children um, come to interact with us, they should almost not do not see should not see any difference. You know, our principles, our values, and what we try and instill in them, what we're working to build within them, should be the same thing. I shouldn't be trying to build something that my husband is 
to destroy. <laughs> you know, the un the unity is very very important. Mm. And and you know, that doesn't mean that. Um, there are no disagreements, right? So there are disagreements, and we do have disagreements, and um, uh, especially when we we're being challenged. I know that I can be, you know, I can be quite stubborn, um, and so, and I know that I'm the type of person where I don't, um, I don't always receive correction um, uh, immediately in, in the right way. Sometimes I need I need a bit of time to. To, to, to calm down and then I, I will see reason but I know that I, if, 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 if when, I, when I do my reflection um, and uh, I will receive it in the right way and I, and I will take it on board um, so yeah I think um, understand that the, the disagreements do happen um, but you are ultimately you come you want to arrive at a place where you're both the household is united right um, the parents are setting that example of unity um, because ultimately that's where progress is going to, is going to come from. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, good, good parenting comes from having, um, from a, the foundations of good parenting come, uh, from a good marriage. Um, as Lydia said earlier, we, we, we had our, um, our, our marriage counseling, we were given the analogy of the, of the triangle, um, and, uh, Jesus being in the center of that triangle, um, and we really see that, especially when it comes to to to, to parenting, that we can um, we can have all the amazing activities um, and give the children everything and have make them all really happy. But if if, if Jesus is missing in the center, um, you will you, you always feel that there's something that's missing. So um, you know, practically, one of the, the, the things that we we need to do um, to to um, have Jesus in the center is by um, actively seeking to create an environment where the, the kids know that um, this is a house that, you know, God is part of this house, right? God is, is really the, 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 the leader in this house. And, and that's, we always seek to him for guidance in everything we do uh, first and foremost. Um, now some practical things. So we, let, let's just mm. discuss some practical. We talked about some principles, but um, there are some practical things that we have, um, that we that we look to use to build foundations um, as as parents uh, with our children, and one of the one of the things really is I think sometimes um, children can be can become the all in all in a, in a family, right? Um, and you, you, so you you find parents who who love their children so much that they do everything for their children, but they actually forget to have a life outside of their children, right? Um, so you know, one of the uh, things we wanted to encourage uh, people was to not uh, to not surrender their, their commitments, especially things that um, develop uh, your your spiritual life lives. So, um, if you serve in church, if you if you run a cell, uh, don't give up on those things. It might you are going to have challenges, and it might seem difficult to just keep make keeping that commitment. Um, but the reality is that you're not the first person to have a child and you're not the first person to be, to be married. Uh, ultimately, that season will pass and you will be better for it. Yes. Hmm. I think when I encourage the children to uh, don't be late for yourself, you have your said, have you done your homework? Uh, I, I try and make sure that I treat that um, their spiritual development just the same as their homeschooling. 
you know, just make sure you log in on time, make sure you write down, make sure where your book is and all of that. And then my kids used to say, oh, mommy, we have to go. Our cell is very long. Why don't you go to your cell? And I said, but you know I go to my cell. I have two cells. You've only got one. I have to go to my cell and I have to also prepare for to run my cell. And, you know, they notice things and they know when you tell them something, and you respond to them to say, mommy also does that. That's why she knows that it's good and it's important for you that you also attend. They're like, oh, okay. It can't be that bad if mommy's doing it. But, but, and also they, they see us, you know, they see, they see whether you pray or not. They, they see whether you make time to read scripture. You know, they see what we listen to. Mm. Um, they listen to the songs. They would say, oh, that is playing my favorite music today. And I know it's because they've been hearing that worship song in the background for a while. Um, and all of that is because it's the, that unity uh, at the core of it. It's giving them that coherent voice of uh, what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... We're going to go to um, the next uh, topic, uh, which has to do with roles and responsibility. So this is this is one, you know, I think most um, most parents uh, will will call out as something that they find challenging, or they're always trying to get um, ask for advice on. Um, so um, I will ask Lydia <laughs> talk about uh, how how have we approached roles and responsibility as parents? <laughs> to be honest, um, I can talk about how I approached it. I don't know how you. <laughs> I lived on my own for a while, so I was so independent, but in a, not in a good way. <laughs> I, I liked my routine, I liked my order, I liked my life. And when we got married, I was slightly confused because I, there's this person who generates a lot of laundry and he eats, he's got his dishes. Do I do them? Does he do them? Or who does that? Who locks the door? Who takes the, you know, the, the, the human roles and responsibilities and the human roles and responsibilities sometimes you deal with them and different people deal with them differently and I, I dealt with them as I do I do what I did before I just do my laundry I do my I clean up to myself everything is okay and he did the same but what happened was when the children came that just didn't work anymore because children are a full-time job on their own and we never really sat down and thought do you know how do we do this um, but I think very quickly I realized when I was, um, when I used to say, you know, you should cook. I've cooked for the last three days. It's your time to cook. And I, I realized I didn't like the food. And I didn't know how to tell him I, I didn't want to eat it. And then he would dress the kids for church and I would take them back upstairs and change their clothes. I didn't tell him this. I don't think he knows. But I, I remember thinking, I think I just want to cook because I can't keep eating this. Um, and he's desperately thinking, I wish I like what she cooks. I can't cook. Uh, do you know, he was, it well, was being I, rigid. I, I can cook, she just didn't like yeah. what I cooked. <laughs> I've taught him well now, but do you know, um, we just, we, I think we, because we were stubborn and set in a way and we were not willing to kind of be one in, in some of the stuff, it was really good to come together and, and say, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't like laundry, but I'm quite happy to cook. I prefer to cook. And, and he was quite happy with the laundry. And I don't even know how. But what was important was we were encouraging one another in the spiritual development, supporting one another. Like he would step up. If I have a weekend 
oh, if I have to go to encounter, I don't even have to tell him. He will know there's a ladies' encounter that I'm going to be going. And he, he would have arranged everything. Just, just go. Myself, just go. In fact, when I miss Sel, he would say, why are you home today? <laughs> why are you not Sel? And, and it kind of, you know, he was uh, taking the, the, the responsibility of a husband, mm. whatever the activity was. So, so in, in, in summary, really, what um, when it comes to roles and responsibilities, one of the things what we found is that we um, we we found an equilibrium, right, for our roles um, without um, uh, neglecting the roles, we, the, the sort of the separate roles we have as, as husband and wife, and and we did it through. Um, we we did it just through experimenting, really, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't sort of uh, we we very early on, very quickly, got rid of our um, uh, assumptions or preconceived ideas of of, of what a husband, um, uh, what the roles of a husband should be versus a wife, uh, versus wife, and we we our roles and responsibility were basically became a function of what we needed to do to make the the, the family. Uh, to, to make a family work, right? To, to build a, a nice balance, a nice healthy balance for the family. It just so happens that, um, uh, you know, Lydia cooks more because she, yeah, let's face it, she's a better cook than I am, right? Um, but I think, I think if it was, if, if the situation had demanded that, um, that if I was a better cook and I enjoyed cooking more, I probably would have, you know, taken it, right? I would have taken that role. Um, but, you know, w- what we're trying to say is, is that, we what was what we found worked as parents was when the roles and responsibilities are agreed upon um, as opposed to uh, dictated, right? So um, you know uh, the wife is the one who only does the, the washing up and he only does the laundry, you know, or the the husband is the one who has to take kids to football. Um, so we find that having a, that fixed thing when we when we came at it from a fixed point of view. We there were lots of pain points, but when it was um, when when it was more of a, a balanced view, uh, that's when we find it, it, it worked the most, the the best. Yeah, and also just encouraging the children in their roles and responsibilities within the household. Uh, it comes back to the leading in an example, the way I conduct myself towards my husband or any adults in the house is being respectful, use, use of language and all of that, you know, it's, it's, it's their role and their responsibility and our role to be an encourager and, and, and support for them as well. Mm. And I think, you know, it's, it's important that um, sometimes I think as, as important as it is that you have some set roles, right? So, so for instance, I will generally do the laundry, right? Um, I would, and I will generally take the trash out on the Monday morning. Um, but sometimes Lydia will do it, right? There'll be sometimes where you would do that, and, and vice versa. There would be sometimes when, you know, once every six months when I will cook for the kids. <laughs> um, but I think it's it, it is good to 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 shake it up every now and then, and not just be so f- too fixed with it, right? Yeah. Um, to be honest, if you look at if you see the, the look on the children's face when they discover Daddy is the one cooking. You know he shouldn't be cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, talking about children, I think it was what Lydia was alluding to. <laughs> Lydia was alluding to earlier that it's actually it's important for when we talk about roles and responsibilities. It's not just mum and dad. I think um, 
the kids, we, we need to also understand that they also have roles and responsibility in the home and that their roles and responsibility um, and not just to eat and play computer games, right? So they, rec- they need to recognize, they, we, we, we're very conscious that they need to recognize about tidying up, um, uh, cleanliness, um, having um, proper study to times when they need to study. Um, and so training, training them and making them aware of those things earlier on um, uh, is, is very healthy. Um, next topic, um, another one that was, you know, again, it was a bit of a challenge um, is discipline in the home. Um, and uh, do you want to talk a little bit about discipline? Yeah. Um, Yes, I mean, I, 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 I could tell <laughs> very early in our marriage uh, our discipline, idea of discipline was slightly different. Um, I, I, I come from a very strict household. Discipline is very well understood, communicated, exercised, and, and this, that's what you do if you love your children. Uh, there has to be a form of discipline that's applied. And and I, and I think when I told him what happened, he just looked at me like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and you know, if I did something, say eleven o'clock in the morning, I would be told in the evening after dinner, "You need to remind me what you've just done. We'll talk about it, and you will receive your punishment." And after dinner, I would go to the room and say, "Remember this eleven o'clock this morning? I did something I wasn't supposed to have done." And you said to remind me. Um, well, here I am to remind you. And I wouldn't be given my punishment, which is usually um, 10 slaps or whatever in my, in my wrist, which would I'll cry all evening and go to bed. Um, but I think his experience uh, of discipline probably wasn't that <laughs> firmly established, I think, maybe. Um, yeah, my, my, my experience of discipline was... Um uh, I think the, the word is that it was um, mine wasn't as um, I didn't really have that much time to dwell on what I did wrong like as Lydia did so <laughs> mine kind of happened my, my, mine was um, uh, as soon as I, I, um, you, I did something wrong uh, you would hear about you you know you you, you would find out about it quite <laughs> quite quickly um, but uh, you know we I think as parents we recognize the importance of discipline right and um, when we talk about discipline we're not we, we, we're not talking about um, you know physically punishing your children um, we, we, we're just talking about the the idea that the kids need to know, that if uh, if they do something wrong, um, that there's a penalty, right? There's um, and so it's and, and 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 discipline as a way to correct your children because if the children are not corrected, um, they will go astray, right? And they will struggle. the The more you withhold discipline from your children, the harder it's going to be to to train them, and the harder it's going to be to raise them, right? Um, so some points that we we listed is that we you know we. And actually, it comes from the fact that because we love our children, we 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 recognise that that's actually why they need discipline. It's actually a sign of of love for them, you know, because we're trying to keep them on the on the safe and narrow path. And and um and really, a lot of times that means we need to guide them. Um, and discipline is also a way of guiding the children in the, in the right way. And where it says in Hebrew twelve eight, uh, uh, basically, it suggests. Uh, if they are your children, you discipline them. Uh, otherwise, they're illegitimate. Only illegitimate children 
um, would be. But where he says, if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true son or daughter at all. So uh, what that means for us was, you know, they are our children, we love them, they are not in any way <laughs> legitimate, and we cannot treat them that way because uh, it's important to us uh, that they understand mm -hmm. uh, right and wrong and the consequences. That's the way of life anyway, and you know, God disciplines us, and we don't question that God loves us because we know that's the foundation of our faith, that mm -hmm. God loves us, but he also does discipline us. And he disciplines those he loves. Yeah. I was um, I was meditating on on something this morning, and uh, this you know in my spirit I was reminded of a scripture that I was reading the other day. I was meditating on a um, Psalm sixty to eleven, where he says, "God, um, one thing God has spoken, two things have I heard." that you, O oh God, are strong and that you, O oh Lord, are loving. And I, I was meditating on it just the other day. I didn't really think about it until this morning. And, you know, I was wondering what, what the psalmist meant. You know, you, you, you said one thing and I had two things. Um, and I thought, wow, he, he, said, he said one thing, he had two things. He heard that the Lord, the Lord is strong and he heard that the Lord is loving. And I, it just came to my mind. That's what how discipline is. Discipline is like the Lord. Uh, we are saying to our children the right and the wrong, so teaching them. But we also are telling them, we love you. We love you. It, it is like saying one thing where you are showing them two things. They hear two things. When you don't discipline your child at all, they might think you're cool, they might think you're nice, they might think you're easy. But one day they will they will look back and say, but that was completely wrong. Why did my parents not teach me? Why didn't they tell me to stop? Why didn't they interfere? And I, 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 I it really came back to my spirit and I thought, wow, if you, the, the point of discipline is just to make sure, that they, as well as correcting them, it's also a way of expressing that we love and we care for them. Yeah, and um, and you know, just a, a couple of call-outs when it comes to discipline um, is to make a distinction between discipline and punishment, right? Um, and I think your children need to understand um, um, why they're being disciplined, and um, just if, when when a child does something wrong, to to simply just discipline them, but without explaining proper explanation. Um, I feel like you, it's, it's, it defeats the purpose, right? Um, but if they, if they understand um, why um, they're being disciplined, then at least then they can reflect on what they've done wrong, right? Um, uh, and another thing is also to never discipline um, out of a point of emotion, right? Never discipline from a place of a negative emotion. So never discipline in anger. Like you always got to have, um, always got to be in control, um, when you're um, when you're disciplining your children, and and you know it's that's you know that is a that that is a challenging uh, a thing to to do because you know we if you are in an environment where let's say you're you know you're a single parent and you've been working all day for very long hours and you come home and you you're you're looking for um, all you just want is just peace and quiet right and the kids have run up and down the house and we recognise that that can be quite challenging and it's very easy to. To, to lash out, um, to be quite instinctive, um, but you know, you we you, we have to you have to make the effort um, to be 
under control to control yourself in in that time um because you know what you don't want to do is to damage your children emotionally right so and and that's where really like disciplining coming from love is really powerful is really important because when you are um doing it in anger you're not coming from that place of love right um you're coming from the place where there's a, a need in the parent that isn't isn't met and so you're reacting because you 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 want peace and quiet and the kids are not giving you peace and quiet so um and there's no way the kids are gonna um the kids won't be able to the children won't be able to learn what they're doing wrong right because really at that point it's about you if right? you find yourself in that position then what would you do um so if you find as in if you find yourself in a position where you've you've lost you've, you've control, lost control basically. yeah so if you find yourself in that position what you 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 know you really you need to find take a moment um and 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 apologize to your children right so you need to take a moment apologize to your children apologize that and 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 you say you know sorry uh daddy didn't mean to um i overreacted but still also make them aware of what they did wrong and how their behavior was wrong and 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 how they should be um how they need what they need to do to change it um mm. but you know but yes you would definitely apo- apologize um but still complete the process of the discipline right um so the next topic we wanted to talk about was how to build strong relationships with your children um and you know we we think that children that children who have a good relationship with their parents are more likely to have um a good relationship with their spiritual father right with with Jesus and God and you know um the bible uses our earthly father to sometimes talk to us about a heavenly father um uh we we you recognize that your children are uh we uh, are individuals uh, in their own right and they have different personalities um and that one what works for one child won't necessarily work for for another and i think personally for me that's that's really the key to building um a strong relationship with your with with your children i think no, number one is um let to 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 let your children see that you have a relationship with a spiritual father uh number one and actually how you develop that relationship right so what do they see you doing right um uh whether it's like your worship uh your devotional time your prayer time um that they see that you have a relationship with uh with god right your 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 spiritual father um and then the second point i was making was um about like understanding that your children are individuals in their own right so uh for example like Caleb and and Gabriel are uh are quite a different way they approach things right so Gabriel is almost like a scientist he likes to break things down to build them back up again uh Caleb is quite creative um but he's also you know on the spur of the moment type thing um and so he wouldn't really uh make sense to uh do things for both kids like imagine if we were forcing Gabriel to just do things in a way Caleb wanted to do them um he he would do them but he we we wouldn't be really be getting the best out of my relationship with him so a uh, thing in in that case is to find time to um to 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 interact with each kid um in in like i said in 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 the way they 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 relate the the most the best so i think Lydia you talked about it being their love language right when we when we're talking about yeah. this but just um I, i guess the same way i try and understand what my husband's love language is 
And uh, I mean, the love language thing really works with everybody. You know, if, you, if they live with their grandparents, make sure you have a, you know, you know, that relationship is healthy, it's good. If they have extended families in the house, that relationship is good. Mm-hmm. They should be around um, a family, um, a relationship that is godly. Um, I think for me, I, I always try and understand my children's love language because I want to be able to speak to them in, in a language they understand. And when I really need them to, to hear that I love them, I want to make sure they hear that I love them. And not that I'm saying it and they're hearing something else, which can happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I meant by... Uh, Right um, and I think we also encourage um, our children to 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 build relationships with, with with each other, like and actually healthy relationships with each other. Um, and but also and also, you know, we 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 want them to 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 interact with other children, right? Um, other Christian children, that, you know, children, um, for, um, friends of ours, their children, we, we get our children to interact. And so they're not so much so siloed. I think one of the, especially in this time of the pandemic, one of the things we've, we've realized is, is the need for children to, to really interact with other people outside of their bubble, because it actually really does help develop them as well. Um, but yeah, I think when it comes to um, building strong relationships with the children, it really comes, it, it really boils down to um, understanding them as individuals um, and really taking away, not really looking at your relationship with them as, as I'm a parent and you're a child and I tell you what to do. Uh, they're also, you know, they're personalities, you know, they're, they're individuals and, and sometimes relate uh, uh, with them in, at that level. Um, you know, find really, you know, find time in the week to to um to relate with the kids right to do something do an activity they want to do um yeah and 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 i know it's, it can be difficult as parents if you've got a busy week but really if you were to find an hour uh, in the weekend where that hour is devoted just for doing an activity that the kids want to do with you not not an activity that you've told them to do um, so, for instance, whether it's you know playing chess with, with Caleb, he, he, he likes chess. So I'll I'll make sure that I will devote an hour at least um, in the week over the weekend to play chess with him because I know that's what he likes, right? Um, but yeah, that's um, you know it's hopefully some tips there that will really um, help and um, minister to you guys. Um, now, finally, uh, the final point we wanted to uh, topic we wanted to talk about is about raising uh, confident God-fearing children. Um, and I think one of the, as a summary, what I wanted to say uh, is that I think if we if you look at all the points that we, we've talked about, um, whether it's having strong foundations um, and, and and whether it's how you discipline your child, I think the sum total of those things, if you put them together, you will find, hopefully, thank God. Um, that your children will be growing up in the way um, you expect them to, in the way the Bible expects them to, right? Would you agree? Yes, yes. You're molding them, you're shaping them, you're, you know, with a chisel, you're kind of shaping them and chopping up and cutting and whatever, you know, polishing. And they will come out having received that, that, um, enjoy that benefit so they're not then it's, it's not wasted but it is full rounded it's a very holistic view in, in you know and i think the other thing we touched on around 
confident the children is, they also take it away from home and they take their faith and they have to stand against things that their parents have taught them to walk away from or we don't participate in that or something they've not seen at mm-hmm. home, done at home. Then they will encounter it at school or at a friend's house. And, you know, in our house, for example, our language is, we've never really talk, talked about it, but our language is acceptable for the children. That's, that's it. We've never really had to discuss it. They know that mom and dad, there's certain certain language they will never hear in the house. And I know if they were for, for a play date, they will come to tell me, I, mean, I don't want to go there again. This is how the brothers and you know, they treat one another. But because they, they haven't seen that in their house mm-hmm. and automatically they understand. Um, but it's, it's encouraging them, supporting them when mm-hmm. they have questions, not making them feel like um, they, you know, they are letting you down. Why would you, how would you ask this um, you know, this question and around cell, yeah. <coughs> attending we, cell. Yeah, we, we, you know, we also, we encourage our children um, to to attend uh, the, the, the kids' ministry, so to attend cell. Um, we, and then after cell, we discuss with them what they've learned um, and, and talk to them about the importance of being connected to to, to their, um, their, that spiritual group, cell group that they have. Um, we teach them to pray and read the Bible, um, and, and we're always trying to, we talk to him about, you know, the strong Bible characters. And it was like, you know, we talked to him about David and Joshua. Um, and, you know, by doing all of these things, we, um, you, you, you are teaching them about Jesus, right? Teaching them about God. Um, and, 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 and really, um, by doing so, they, they, they start to become confident, really, because, you know, children, children are true. They have a lot of questions and, you know, they'll, you know, they'll ask some questions. So, you know, the last couple of weeks at Cell, they've been talking about um, the gospel. Right. And so they would ask, um, I think one of their activities was to ask their, their parents to, to, um, to, to, yeah, to, to explain what the gospel means. Right. Uh, and so you find that, you know, children are quite inquisitive and, and so, um, and, and how you approach that with them um, really uh, is very important. And so, um, I think, yeah, to, to raise God-fearing, um, uh, ch- confident God-fearing children is it's really about immersing them um, and building that right environment um, of of Christ being the center of your household. I think in recent weeks, um, I don't know how much time we have, but uh, we had an incident where the homeschooled. Um, uh, the school sent them a homework around uh, yoga, being physically active and or what they call it relaxing and physically active with yoga. I was very cross because I had spoken to the school before and just to just to leave my children out whenever they need to do do some something like that. And uh, on Monday, as I sat down, with, you know, as most parents homeschooling, I uh, was greeted with this assignment. Um, they call it learning challenge, so they have a week to do it. And my children, they're very obedient at school. They, if you send them work, they want to do it. They will never stand up to their teacher and say, my, my, my parents say no. Um, but I knew I had to now not only speak to the school, I had to speak to the children, but speak to them in a way that they understand the reasons why. They understand and they're able to say, I know it was my mom's view. It's now my view. I, I don't want to 
make them, I don't want to take away their, their questions. I want to answer their questions. I want them to have an opportunity to discuss it. And I had to spend most of the morning Googling, researching, trying to explain to them why, what does this mean, and what does that mean, why, why don't we want it? And we, and then we're talking about physical exercise, relaxing. Could you physically exercise in other ways? They say, yeah, yeah, I did this this morning, I did this last week. And how do you relax? We're talking about relaxation, uh, how to meditate. And they were able to, able to answer and have a, an, 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 their own answer to why they would not participate. And they said, Mommy, why don't you tell the teacher all of this? Doesn't she know? And I said, she knows. She just she just thinks this is the best. But I would disagree. And and I said to them, you don't need to do the work. I'll speak to your teacher. I tell you, every day that week, have you spoken to the teacher? Did you tell them that they were wrong to tell us to do it just that way? There were other ways to relax. And I think by Friday, I have, on Thursday night and one Thursday morning, I wrote the letter and I sent it to, to Mel to read and check it and make sure it was okay. And he said it was okay. And on Friday, I sent it to the school. And I did it because I wanted them to know that we're not hiding our views and our ideas. And if we're not happy about something, we're very comfortable to tell them the other person that we disagree. Respectfully, we disagree. Can we just yeah, not? involve our children with that and 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 that was that was received very well actually the the the, the headmaster sent me a letter to with apologies and, and encouragement that he was happy to express it so it was i think it was for for them it was a good demonstration of um being able to stand up and to express your faith yeah. and also for us an opportunity to discuss things when they come across that without prejudice Let's just start from basic um, uh, and, and have that conversation. Yeah. Um, amen. So uh, we have come to the end of our talk, and we hope um, that we um, we have some of the things we've presented uh, have, have impacted you, and um, you're, you're able to gain some wisdom um, into, um, into the principles, really, of parenting and, and how we approach it.